0: You're listening to your Dental Top 5 Podcast with Amanda Hill, informing you on the top trends in dentistry every Thursday. Brought to you by the creators of A Tale of Two Hygienists Podcast. And now, here's your host, Amanda Hill.
1: Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Your Dental Top 5, where we take trending topics in dentistry and break them down into five usable highlights that you can take back to your op, your life, or just look smarter at your next dinner party. I'm your host, Amanda Hill. So today's episode, we're going to dive into a little bit of advocacy and why advocacy matters. In fact, you know, we didn't even talk about the title, ladies, but I'm going to say it's the top five reasons to have advocacy. I don't know. We forgot to come up with a title. Sorry about that. So my guests to talk about advocacy are Crystal Spring and Alyssa Aberly. Uh, to bring us all the scoop about it and maybe tell us how we can learn a little bit more about it
0: outside this podcast. So ladies, welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having us.
2: Hello. All
0: right. What would your title be? I totally forgot to ask you. I think I would just go with like the top five reasons to advocate for your profession.
1: Yeah. I like it. I like it.
0: Good. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself and why on earth are you
1: experts in advocacy?
0: Um, So my name is Alyssa Aberly, and I'm from Colorado. I'm a dental hygienist. I work part-time in a community health center and um, also work part-time for the Colorado Dental Hygienists Association. And I would not say that I'm an expert in advocacy. I don't know that um, I can tout that yet, but um, I've become passionate about advocacy because I've seen the way that it has impacted my ability to practice in Colorado. As most people know, Colorado hygienists have a a lot of ability to practice to the top of our licensure, to the top of our education, and um, we're just very fortunate in Colorado, and that's due to some advocacy work that's been done for decades here in our state. And so I've just become passionate about trying to empower hygienists to have a voice and achieve um, that same level of ability to provide care in their states.
1: I love it. How about you, Crystal?
2: Yes, I'm Crystal Spring and I'm from Montana and um, I'm going to contradict Alyssa a little bit because she is insanely modest. I wanted to do something for advocacy at Under One Roof this year and I was thinking, oh my goodness, will Alyssa do this with me? She's perfect for this. She knows everything. So she kind of is an expert. And I, um, why I'm just own part it. of it, own it Aly- definitely, she needs to. And why advocacy is important to me is I grew up in an area of very low access to care. I'm a co-founder of a nonprofit called Smiles Across Montana. And I think I eat, sleep, and just constant everything public health everything getting people the treatment that they need i
1: love it and it's it, and you guys are so right about advocacy if we if we didn't advocate we would still be doing the same thing we've been doing forever and we all know that hygiene has changed a lot over the years and it's changing and i think we're so poised we're just right on this edge of this great explosion and so i'm really excited to have you guys talk about advocacy so, and you guys, so we're just coming off ADHA while we're recording this, but this will air just
0: before RDH Under One Roof. And you guys h- might have a little event that people can go to. What's that about? So we do, um, Crystal and I are facilitating a workshop at RDH Under One Roof about advocacy. And um, we at the ADHA conference that we just got back from, there was an advocacy workshop. And ADHA has always been really great about including advocacy in their conference and in a lot of their networking and messaging to members but we realized that there's a lot of hygienists who go to rdh under one roof or other dental conferences that don't know about what is already happening or how they can be a part of that and so we wanted to try to reach the hygienists who aren't adha members yet maybe (laughs) um or looking for ways to kind of dip their toes into the world of advocacy and i mean we're already advocates for our patients. Like I had a patient last week right before I left for the conference who had a lesion on her tongue and I was talking to her about it and you know, trying to get her in for an oral surgery appointment and really explaining to her what was going on. And she looked at me and she goes, you are such a good advocate. Have you ever looked into doing this as a career? And I said, that's funny that you say that. But I think as hygienists, we don't see ourselves always as advocates, but we're doing that every day for our patients. So this is just kind of a different way to advocate for our profession.
1: Perfect. I love that you're bringing it to Under One Roof. What a great way to expand that that team of people, because we all need, we just need more, 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 right?
2: We do. And I love the idea of bringing so many different groups and so many different backgrounds. We have people who are ADHA leaders. We have people um, doing things in states that we'd all like to be doing what they're doing. Um, I can let you know who the panelists are right now. We have... um, Holly Seabury, she's with Delta Dental, and we're really excited to see um, the part that she's going to bring to this, and she's not a dental hygienist, but we're really, really excited to get input from her. Um, We have Lissandra Masonette from Pennsylvania, Lancet Van Gilder from Nevada, Amber Lovados who is from Texas, and Heidi Coggin from California.
1: Awesome. What a great group of people. Well, let's launch into your top five. What are your top five reasons to be part of advocacy, to be an advocate? What's number one?
0: So I think our first thing is just to engage dental professionals with a variety of different experiences and expertise. So um, we all practice differently. You know, I work for a federally qualified health center. You might work in private practice. Somebody else might work in a cosmetic practice. Somebody might work in a you know, rural nonprofit. We have all these different areas of experience, and we need all of those voices and all of those perspectives at the table when we're trying to figure out how do we provide care to patients and communities. Um, One example here in Colorado was several years ago, we went through some legislation, but then also just some rulemaking with our dental board about lasers and dental hygienists being able to use laser in practice. Well, I work for a federally qualified health center. And if you know anything about federally qualified health centers, we don't have lasers usually. Um, Those are big ticket items that a lot of FQHCs can't afford. And so I was at the table having these conversations and I... I don't have any experience using a laser. So I really needed those hygienists who are working in practices where laser is part of their everyday use to you know, be a part of that process because without them, we would have probably totally missed the boat. And so we had people like Joy Rasky here in Colorado who were really involved with that. And it just made such a difference to have somebody who really has expertise with it to be a part of it. So we need everybody's experience at the table so that we're getting all those perspectives.
1: That's an excellent point. You're so right, because we all we all do have those different experiences and those different things that are important to us where somebody might not even think about that. Yeah. All right. Well, what's number two?
2: Number two is to increase access to care. That's really, really exciting. And I think that's what we think of a lot when we're advocating for our profession. Um, we all want to work to the full scope of our practice act or and of our education. Like That's so, so important. And some of the things that We'll be talking about is sharing stories. Like sometimes we have some really great wins, and sometimes we have some losses. And I think that both the wins and the losses are really, really important. Um, I started out working in nursing homes, and then I started working for tribal health, and then we started with school-based clinics. And I can tell you, along that road, it was always really, really important to make sure that we were doing high-quality work for our patients, um, and just really getting the information out there that mobile is high quality and you can do a great job. And the hygienists and dentists working in that realm really are doing excellent, equitable care, and we're really, really, really excited to share because there are some hard times. We do have some critics, but we also have a lot of champions for access to care.
1: I do think that sometimes when people think of public health, they think that it might be substandard care or uh, like Alyssa and I were saying earlier, like people want to donate expired products and they're like, oh, we'll give them to our community health center. But, but, but public health and, and advocating for, for our patient means advocating for quality care. We are amazing clinicians and have that ability to provide that, that, that best care. I think I sometimes, I sometimes am a little annoyed in my state of Virginia. We, we don't have as many freedoms as, as you all do, but, but somehow we're, we get some freedoms. We can do some, some outside of you know, the dentist practicing if we're in a lower income area. And I always think like, wait, what, why all of a sudden am I smart enough to work there, but I'm not smart enough to work in my own town? Um, exactly. It's always been something that sort of bothered me. <laughs> like, I don't get that. Like, let's if I could do it, let's do it everywhere. And let's really bring that quality, quality access to care. You know, that's one of the reasons why I really love Safco Dental Supply, because when I'm able to do some work outside of, you know, away from my dentist, I'm able to order, order products directly from them since they sell direct to hygienists and really great, affordable quality equipment, the same stuff we're going to find from the bigger vendors, but I'm able to do it all by myself.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's that's huge in increasing that ability to think of these different workforce models. So absolutely. All right. Well, what's number three? So number three is to maintain the high standards of education and licensure that dental professionals have earned. And so I think we really saw this this last year. Um, We all worked really hard, you know, dental hygienists, dentists, dental assistants in a lot of states that are licensed. We've worked really hard to receive the education that we received, um, complete the licensure requirements, maintain those licensure requirements. And in 2020, with COVID, we saw some things happening where some states were trying to change licensure requirements to lessen those requirements. Um, We were looking at, you know, changing what clinical board exams look like or eliminating them. Um, The National Dental Hygiene Board Exam, the written exam, got shortened, and a lot of people didn't know about that. Um, And we saw, like, I think at the ADHA conference, they said something like 58,000 dental hygienists wrote letters to their state governors or their dental boards regarding a lot of these issues. And so... We really got some engagement from a lot of dental professionals that aren't your typical, you know, go show up at the legislature to fight for a bill type of people. But like, these are things that you can do. You know, you can attend dental board meetings, you can write letters, you can call your state representatives and just talk about who we are as dentists, dental hygienists, dental assistants, and what our scope is and what we have done to maintain that high standard. And I think we need to keep doing that moving forward. So.
1: Absolutely. My state even had like just some pre-done letters that I could just like, like just sign my name to and send off. And so they made it easy for me and helped me sort of understand the whole scope of what was going on. I I really liked that. And I did send some letters. So
0: exactly. And a lot of the legislators are like, oh, that's what the difference in a dentist and a dental hygienist and a dental assistant are. I wouldn't have known that before. And so, I mean, those are like small, you know, bite sized pieces of advocacy that you can just do really quickly. And but you are contributing to you know, keeping that standard of high quality care starts at the beginning with our education and licensure. And we want to maintain that. So
1: absolutely. That makes perfect sense. All right. Well, what's number four?
0: Um. So number four is provide patients with options for what care they receive and which providers are part of their care team. And I work for a federally qualified health center. So we have medical, dental, behavioral health. And so I've talked a lot to our medical providers about this concept because they've been doing this in medicine for a while and this has been a conversation for them. You know, patients can choose. Do they want to see an MD? Do they want to see a PA? Do they want to see a DO? Do they want to see a nurse practitioner? You know, who do they want to be part of their care team? And each of those people brings something different to their care. And so um, the Trump administration had a report that came out in 2018 it was called Reforming America's Healthcare System Through Choice and Competition. And it actually talked a lot about this concept. It specifically listed dental therapists, dental hygienists, and physician assistants as care providers that need to be an option available to patients and what we can bring to the table. And so, really, by advocating, we're letting patients take more ownership of their health care and what they can do. And I know Crystal has some other examples from her experience as well.
2: Definitely. You know, we'll also be talking about license portability. Um, I think we've been talking about that for a long time and um, I've been lucky enough to be practicing in the same state with the same, um, I took the reb. That's what I had to take. I think it's just really, really important. I'm so excited about the states that have license portability. Um, I think we're one of the only professions that would have to retake boards and I We're definitely going to be talking about that um, scope of practice and why your scope of practice is different in one state. You move across state lines, just like you said earlier, and all of a sudden you don't know what you're doing or can't do something you've been doing for years and are really good at doing. Um, So I think a lot of people get excited about that. And then access to care. Um, You know, we're not just advocating for our profession or hygienists but we're advocating for our patients. Public health is really important, but affordable health care is really important too. We need to make sure that everyone can have their teeth cleaned. And I think the pandemic really did a lot of good things for people really realizing that their neighbor's health matters to them, that it does matter if we're all healthy. And if you're mouth isn't healthy, the rest of you isn't healthy. I know that's a concept that we've all grasped for years, but for some reason, it, for prevention, we see a lot of times there's so many Americans that aren't getting the preventative services that they need. And we're going to be talking about what we can do because preventative care that dental hygienists and assistants and dentists can provide is not just for the wealthy. It needs to be for everyone.
1: Absolutely. Oh, that's such that's that one
0: is super near and dear to my heart. Yeah, that's huge. All right. Well, what's number five? Um, Number five is to expand interprofessional care models. So um, this is why we have Holly Seabury from the Delta Dental Foundation on our panel at Under One Roof. Um, She is not a dental professional, but she is the she's involved with the Oral Health Coalition in Indiana. And She has a really good perspective on, you know, why sometimes we do ourselves harm because we're like, why are we just talking to dentists and dental hygienists about these things that need to be changed? Like, why aren't we reaching out to, you know, these funders, these foundations, because they have a lot of experience in partnership building and coalition building and, you know, how to like bring people to the table that might have some stake in this um but also like reaching out to your schools your you know your tribal leaders in crystal's case um all these people who might have a interest in the health of their community that aren't dental people and maybe aren't even healthcare you know professionals and so Um, Colorado and Wisconsin have both been doing a medical dental integration program. And that's been a really cool project where they put dental hygienists in medical settings. And I do that here at my FQHC. And you're in a medical clinic. You're seeing the patients who are there for their well child visits or their diabetes checkups or their OB visits. And you're educating them. You're doing oral cancer screenings. You're doing, you know, carries risk assessment. It's a lot of case management and a lot of, you know, bridging that gap, but you're also learning a lot about the integration of their medical conditions as well as their oral health. And Crystal's doing some great work in Montana with nursing students as well.
2: Yeah, I'm so excited to talk about this today. Um, We've been working, Smiles Across Montana has been working with Montana State University's nursing department For about three and a half years, we've been bringing nursing students with us to some of our clinics. We started out with a head start on the Northern Cheyenne Reservation, and we've actually been expanding into schools. We work with tribal health nurses all the time, but we've actually been using... um, super excited about this. I'm sure if you're on social media, you've seen me posting everywhere, but just this week, we brought in our nursing students, and I was training them how to use the mouthwatch cameras. And we were going crazy, and the nursing students did amazing with them. And I think that it was so awesome for them to actually be able to see in the mouth. And think about how many times you go to your medical professional, and they they don't have the words to describe what it is in the mouth. They're they're like, I don't know. I mean, we've been showing them what silver diamine looks like. When we apply it, they can see that. They can see that it actually does change color immediately if it's bad enough. I mean, it's like magic. It just changes, stains it all black. But um, it was really, really fun to be working with them. And we had like the head of the nursing department was there and we're hoping to... be training all of our nursing students and really just helping them to each have their own mouthwatch camera and bring it out into their new profession when they're done with school. Like, I, I just am so excited about it. We've also been working with some of the pediatricians, um, mainly with some of our public health clinics, but that's been amazing. Um they are so supportive of what we're doing and I'm really, really excited about that. And I think that when you are going to legislation, these are some of your best partners, Um, you know, OBGYN, and we are in WIC clinics. There's just so many people who care about what we care about. And there's just so many different avenues that dental hygienists could be taking. And I know this, panel is only going to be about two hours. I feel like it could be two days. And there's a lot of us th- with a lot of passion. I think passion is my word for crazy, Ooh, but yeah. we're really, really excited about it. And um, I'm thinking we're going to be in this meeting on 1030 at, on Friday, and we might not even leave the room. There you go. We might, we might have to. But... <laughs> <It> <laughs> we'll sounds, just move it to another awesome.
1: location. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, my goodness. I mean, this is so big, I think, particularly interprofessional, because I think the more that people understand and really recognize the importance of dentistry, the more that they're going to help advocate with us. So then it's not just hygienists advocating. We've brought in more and more people to advocate. Well, let's review our top five. So the top five reasons for advocacy. Number one is to engage dental professionals with a variety of experiences and expertise. Number two is to increase access to high quality and equitable care. Number three is maintain high standards of education and licensure. Number four is provide patients with options for their care and their providers. And number five is to expand that interprofessional care models. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on today. If people want to reach out to you, how can they do that?
0: Um, So I work part-time for the Colorado Dental Hygienists Association. Like I said, I think the easiest way to get a hold of me is probably through um, my email there, which is just Alyssa, A L Y -S S S A at codha.org. Um or you can get a hold of me via Facebook um or Instagram. A lot of people know me as the Facebook girl, so they just find me that way. I like it.
2: That's awesome. Um you can check out our website smilesacrossmontana.com and my email is crystal spring rdh at gmail. Um And I'm also on all the Facebooks and the Instagrams too.
1: Fabulous. Well, everyone, we all know that only four out of five dentists could agree. So if you have something to add to this top five, or you have an idea for a whole nother top five, email me at amandahillrdh at gmail.com and we'll be sure to include your dental top five. Make it a great day.
0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of your Dental Top Five. Be sure to join us next Thursday to hear more from Amanda.